Welcome to episode 193 of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book called Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers. And through this podcast, myself and my co-host, Chris Knutson, try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. People have their doubts about this podcast taking off, but since inception, we've had close to 2 million downloads and have been cited by Forbes as one of the top 15 most inspiring podcasts for professionals. Here's a short preview of this episode, which really is an inspiring episode to start off the year. We'll be speaking with an engineer about his career which has included a period of jail time. The last day was a lot of anxiety, as you can imagine. I had everything. I was basically just giving everything away. I wanted nothing as a reminder from that place. I want anything. A lot of people take their stuff home and their belongings home that they've had there. I, to me, it was not my stuff. It was just I was temporarily using this while I was in this world. And I took very little with me. And you get to reception, they give you clothes that are donated or clothes that other people, you know, street clothes from when people came in and you put those on. I had a relative pick me up and he wanted to come give me a hug and everything. I just turned it, I spun him around. I said, no, 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 just get in the car. Let's go. Let's just get in the car. Let's get out of this place. And I don't want to spend another second here. I, we got in the car. We left. We went to a motel room. My family had clothes for me because I didn't even want the clothes I had on me. I took a shower to change clothes again. I left the clothes that were there in the trash in the hotel room. And I said, I go, I haven't had anything that's bad for me to eat in two and a half years. I go, let's find some fast food. My co-host Chris and I both believe that in order to be the best engineer you can be, you must consistently get better, get better at your craft, your people skills, and as a leader. And that's why we published this free podcast to help you do just that. As mentioned, in this episode, you'll be listening to a conversation between myself and an engineer who we're going to call Jim to protect his identity, and you will hear a very true and a very emotional conversation about his experience from how he ended up in prison to ultimately getting his engineering career back on track. Now, Jim and I had met online a few years ago because he contacted me right when he got out of jail through our website asking for some career advice. So I jumped on the phone with him and I gave him some advice and I'll tell you more about that in a moment, but I want to give you a little bit about his background. Jim has worked in various jobs and tried to like pay his way through school for a degree in engineering. He had a family and kids and was struggling as a recent graduate. And unfortunately he ended up in prison for three years, which was a, a very painful experience in many ways. However, when he was there, he stayed focused on his goals and he spent a lot of time studying for the PE exam in prison, which you'll also hear about from him. And upon his release, he did not have any engineering experience and didn't know anyone who could give him a chance at an engineering position. He was kind of given odd jobs from friends to bring in some money here and there, but he never gave up on that dream of wanting to be an engineer. He started to establish a network and then he reached out to me, as I said, through our website. I listened to his story and was inspired myself. And I, like I said, I jumped on the phone with him. And he tells me that through this phone call, he was motivated to get out there and start looking for a job. And it turned out that after the call, he did get a job interview and ultimately an engineering job 
from that interview, which was also inspiring. And he basically told the company his story and they listened and they decided to give him a chance. And so less than 30 days from leaving prison, he was employed as a civil engineer. He worked very hard nights and on his own time just to catch back up and to make himself an asset to the company. And now several years later, since that day, he is now working in management and overseeing several other engineers. So I have to say, I've done between this podcast and the civil engineering podcast, we've done about 300 podcast episodes. And this was really one of the most inspiring to me. And you'll hear in Jim's voice in this episode on how emotional it was. He was a little bit nervous about this episode. Something that's not very comfortable to talk about being in jail. I mean, he goes into details on this episode about what it was actually like to be in jail on a day-to-day basis, what he had to deal with, the fear. It's very moving. So I'm very inspired and excited to share this episode with you as our first one to kick off 2019. But before we do get started with our conversation, this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free. So I ask you to please support them. Now I'd like to recognize our sponsors for this episode. Firstly, I'd like to recognize our sponsor, PPI, by asking you to listen up later on in this podcast for my advice on how to advance your career in 2019. I'll be sharing info on where to find practical tips and time-tested resources for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners. So don't miss it. I would also like to recognize and welcome our sponsor, WPI. We talk a lot about developing new skills and broadening your knowledge base. As one of the first science and technology universities in the U.S., Worcester Polytechnic Institute has supported that for over 150 years. Choose from graduate degree and certificate programs in robotics, data science, power systems, mechanical engineering, biotechnology, systems engineering, and more. They're all available 100% online. And we thank them for their support of the show. Now, let me bring you into our main segment with a quote that is applicable to today's topic. The quote is from Philip Sweet and goes as follows. Stay true to yourself, yet always be open to learn. Work hard and never give up on your dreams, even when nobody else believes they can come true but you. These are not cliches, but real tools you need no matter what you do in life to stay focused on your path. Now, I'd like to welcome my guest, Jim, to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Jim, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Jim, we're talking today because you reached out to me, it's been a few years ago now, through our website. You had gone through some rough times, which we'll get into, and you wanted to kind of turn your career around, get it going as an engineer. You are there now, and you're an engineer, you're working, you've got a good job. And so, you know, we kind of just want to have a conversation here about from there to here, so to speak. But just to start out, Jim, give people an intro in terms of how many years you've been practicing engineering, the type of engineering you do. I've been an engineer for about four years, a little over four years. I'm civil engineering, and I do mostly land development and will do in the land development, go into water quality. And that's about what I do at this moment. Let's go back in time now, because like I said, you had you went through a very down time and career in life. Talk to us a little bit about that. And what was that, about five years ago or so? Yeah, that was about five years ago. Yeah, it seems like an eternity now. I just gotten out of school, and it seemed like the entire world was coming down upon me. And 
a lot of bad things happened. I actually ended up having to go to prison and went to prison for two and a half years and thought my entire life was over and I'd never, ever be an engineer after that. So you went to school for engineering, graduated. Obviously, some things happened. You ended up in prison. So you had aspirations when you graduated. You wanted to go in and practice engineering. Is that right? Yes, I was desperately trying to find. I mean, that was when we were in the middle of that really bad recession, and I was desperately trying to get engineering work. And there was just, at that time, there was none, but I was still hopeful at that time. I was really trying to make a support my family and make a career. Things happened. You went to prison. When you went to prison, were you thinking it was going to be longer than the amount of time you were in there? No. It was um, determined, like, when it was, you're in the court and it's determined at that time, as long as you keep, follow the rules and do everything you're told, I was told two and a half years. One of the things I didn't know going in is you're given a choice and you can make a decision. You can go the long route and try to fight it. And I was looking at potentially 16 to 20 years, or you can make this deal. And I went away for two and a half. So in other words, you initially, when all this happened, you were potentially facing 20. You had no idea. For all you knew at that point, you could have served 20 years in jail. Correct. All right. So you faced with that. You ended up, like you said, going for two and a half and you knew you were going to go for two and a half. So initially when that happens, in other words, you now knew it was two and a half. I'm sure as bad it is to have to go to prison, period. When you knew it was only two and a half... What was that mindset? What was the change? Was it like, okay, this obviously is still really bad, but I have some pro. Were you thinking that your career was going to happen after? Were you, were you just saying, I got to just get through this now? Actually, when I made the decision for the two and a half, it was solely based upon my fiance told me that we were expecting a baby and I didn't want to be 20 years out of a, my child's life. So two and a half years was horrible, but it was manageable. So the moment the decision was made, I started making plans and preparations. Even from within jail, I started asking for help with books and started preparing for studying for the PE exam in prison. All right. So let me ask you this then, because I've done 300 episodes on the podcasts between the two of them, but I haven't spoken to anyone in this situation specifically. So what was it like in jail? I'm assuming that if you're in jail for 20 years plus, it's obviously a different mindset. You knew you were going to get out. You were preparing. But what is it just like being there on a daily basis? What kind of mental like approach do you have to have to make it through that? You have to be a ghost. If you're, I considered myself a visitor to their strange world, and it is not a fun, it is a very scary, scary world. You sleep with a knife under your pillow, and you're a ghost. You're the most polite considerate person. You can be even more than you've ever been in your entire life. And you, no one is your friend, but you try to make as friendly as you can. And I was a tutor in there. I tried to, I figured if I was helping people get their GEDs, I would have earned points where people would leave me alone. And I did. And in fact, that's kept me alive a few times by some really bad people help get their GEDs and they would save my life a few times. So in other words, when you say ghost, you're just saying you don't want any trouble. You want to stay quiet, stay out of people, stay away from people. And in your case, you were helping people where you could. 
yeah, I was helping people work because people saw me studying for my own stuff all the time. So they'd ask me if I can help them. And I have a mindset where I'm able to like completely break down things over and over and over again to where guys who have a hard time and never made it through school, I was able to break whatever elements we had down into something they knew. If they knew drugs and they knew drug money, I would teach them mathematics and principles and philosophy and English off of what they knew. That's interesting. So you took it and you put it in their terms. Yeah, because if I put them in my world, they're just going to get frustrated and irritated. But if I put them and it's like, okay, if we have like five grams of this and we have this, and they've already done it and they can do the stuff. They just don't realize they can do it. Is this something you were good at always or did you just adapt and you had to figure out ways to teach these people? I think it's been something that's been growing in my entire life. I've always been in situations where I've had to adapt different jobs to my careers, having to change different things. I would have to, I wouldn't say all of my careers, what I have now is a career, but the different odd jobs I have, I'd have to adapt to different situations and adapt to different people. And I utilize that in this situation and it seemed to really help me. When you said that you started helping people through tutoring and they saved your lives, are you specifically meaning like in instances in the jail where there was going to be problems, they were there to help you? Yeah, there was one specific incident where I honestly don't understand a lot of things that happen in there. So when you don't understand something and you accidentally offend someone, it's kind of like you're confused. It's like, okay, if it was anywhere out in the normal world, it would be like nothing. You would, no one to think about it. But and there are things, people get offended very easily. And I remember someone was alone. I, they got me alone in a shower and I was not going to come out. And yes, some, some people pulled me through a window. And all I know was I was told to sit on my bunk and shut up and don't say anything. And I did that. Listen, you made it through that. You did what you had to do, it sounds like. I'm sure it was never easy in there, but once you got used to it, like after a year or whatever, did you start to get better at it or was it easier to adjust and to be around these people or was it, were you always a hundred percent on guard? You're always a hundred percent on guard and it's not until you're like a year and a half after that I started to calm down where I wasn't constantly looking over my shoulder. It's very tiring. It's after you realize and you can start letting that go, you realize how much easier it is because it's finally you can sleep. Finally, it just, you don't realize how tired you are all the time. Granted, in there, the guards found out I was good with computers, and that's what they had me doing. I was working on computers, because you get jobs in there. Everyone has to have a job. Did that get you away from people for, for times? or It got me away from people, but the, some of the machines I was on were wood CNC machines, so that I was around a lot of sharp knives and sharp blades. As a going away present, I got hogtied and nearly lost a finger. Towards the end? Yeah, because they found out one of the things you don't ever tell anyone is when you're leaving because they don't want you to leave. Were you able to speak with your fiance throughout jail? Yeah, on the phone. How often? You had to schedule and sign up on a list. So if you got to it at a certain time, you could potentially do it every day. If you got your name on the list, if not, then you would you know, have to wait or try to buy time on the phone from another inmate. There was different ways you could go about it. Uh, sometimes it got tough when the gangs controlled the phones. There were times where it'd be a 
few months when I, before I can use the phone. What was it like when you got down to the last few weeks? Was it harder to, I mean, I guess you definitely weren't saying anything, of course, to anyone, but was there any kind of, I guess you were the emotions flying? What was it like? I tried to keep very quiet. There was people at my work that found out. And so the last few weeks, the week before that first of that last three weeks, I was in the hospital because I had to restitch my finger back together. So the last two weeks after that, I was kind of a little more isolated. The guards had me a little more isolated. But there were times when it was just like just keeping myself, trying to keep busy, trying to keep my mind active. And I was studying. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to ask you. Like, I would imagine in, in prison that there's a lot of time alone, time to think. And so, oh, no. No, not not where I was. At. I was in a dorm. So I was in a room with two, four, six, seven other men in an entire building filled with 600 people that they can come and get you. Wow. So you didn't have any alone time? No. When and how did you study? Was there like a study area, like a library or something? Or There were libraries. It was hard to get to those. And so I would study in my bunk. There was the main open area where there was tables. I would go out and study on those. And that's when people started coming up to me and asked me if I can help them. But if I really didn't want to be bothered, there's kind of like an unspoken rule to kind of, unless you're going to go get someone, to leave someone alone if they're on their, on their bunk. Before we go on with Jim here, I do want to take a one-minute break to let you know that this episode of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast is sponsored by Worcester Polytechnic Institute. With graduate degree programs available part-time and 100% online, WPI gives you the skills that will make you more in demand in any job market, all without taking a break from your career. It's the same experience as on campus, same world-class professors, same top-tier education, but engineered to fit your schedule. Visit go2.wpi.edu slash T-E-C-C, to explore more than 15 of their most popular graduate degree programs in science, technology, and engineering. That's go2.wpi.edu slash T-E-C-C, or click the URL in our show notes. If you've been thinking about grad school, if you're wondering how you can stay up to date on the most current trends and innovations without dropping everything, your next step starts with WPI. You said you started studying for the PE. How did you get materials for that? You can have books sent in. Your family members can send books in all the time. They just can't be hardcover. So they'd rip the covers off, but I don't care. So they sent you like review materials and stuff? Yeah, I had paper I can get there from the school and then books would come in and then I would study and then I was able to order through the prison store kind of there's like an online thing that family can get for you and i got a calculator so i was able to have a scientific calculator and pencils and paper with a book for all of you out there listening i think you have rough conditions in studying for a PE exam can't get uh much rougher than jim's conditions there all right so you were studying for the exam you got close to the end you had that this whole thing with your finger what were you out and out for a week or so in the hospital no they had me two days in the hospital, and then two days back in the prison for observation. So there's like a special area where it's, there's like no other inmates. It's like a drunk tank. You know, it's not where you want to be. It's not the most comfortable thing. Concrete bed. 
but there's nobody else. So you're actually alone and things like that. I would imagine the hospital was like relaxing. Comparatively, but I was still in the hospital. Something I learned, hospitals have a prison section on a special floor and it's still locked down. I was in a bed just like, you know, a normal patient, but my hands were tied to the post. My ankles were tied together and then tied to the post. You go through this process for a couple of years. You try to keep your mind sharp and, like you said, active. You did the studying. You helped people study, which was obviously pretty much saved your life. I mean, you pretty much wouldn't have made it out if you didn't do that, it sounds like. At, at times, I think that's true, yes. As you get to the final kind of release, walk us through that day. How did that go? The last day was a lot of anxiety, I can imagine. I had everything. I was basically just giving everything away. I wanted nothing as a reminder from that place. I want anything. A lot of people take their stuff home and their belongings home that they've had there. I, to me, it was not my stuff. It was just I was temporarily using this while I was in this world. And so I took very little with me. And you get to reception. They give you clothes that are donated or clothes that other people, you know, street clothes from when people came in. And you put those on. I had a relative pick me up. And he wanted to come give me a hug and everything. I just turned it, I spun him around. I said, no, 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 just get in the car. Let's go. Let's just get in the car. Let's get out of this place. And I don't want to spend another second here. I, we got in the car. We left. We went to a motel room. And my family had clothes for me because I didn't even want the clothes I had on me. I took a shower, took, changed clothes again. I left the clothes that were there in the trash in the hotel room. And I said, I go, I haven't had anything that's, bad for me to eat in two and a half years, I go, let's find some fast food. So you just wanted to immediately cleanse yourself of that place? Yes. We went to Jack in a Box. I saw a tree. I just walked up and I just hugged the tree because it's been the first time in two and a half years since I've touched a plant. Nobody wants to go to prison, but we know things happen. People make decisions, whatever the case may be. But I think in the last 15 minutes, you just gave everybody out there listening a pretty strong case to not let that happen to you because it's just sounds like you said you're on edge the entire time. Yeah, you are. It's not a vacation. You stayed in a relationship with your fiance the entire time? Yes, all the way through. We are not together now, but that's due to things outside and things just didn't work out. So how do you deal with now? I'm assuming, like you said, you wanted to cleanse yourself and just get the heck out of there that day. But what are some things that you need to do today to, I mean, I imagine you can't ever forget it, but to be able to go on after that in terms of focused on your career? There are other people that I talk to and they have a hard time with that. And I try talking to them because they want to understand like why I progress so quickly, so fast. And I told them, like, got everything I've told you. I consider myself a visitor to their planet. I just, I'm an alien. I'm not a part of this. I'm preparing for the day I get out from, for two and a half years, this is what I'm going to be doing. So when I hit the gate, I was ready to go. Other people I talk to, they have a harder time. It's much harder for them. They get down on themselves. They end up getting a rut. They ended up not getting out of the hole or getting back into trouble. And I think it's all about determination mindset. Did prison motivate you enough that you'll 100% make sure you're never back there again? I watch things a lot more, even, you know, other things that I don't even cross. I don't jaywalk. I don't even jaywalk. So I'm very careful on everything I do. I just, I don't want, I'm all supportive of the police and everything, but sometimes people make mistakes and 
I don't want anyone to misconstrue anything I do and put me in a place like that. Let me ask you a question. Over the two and a half years in the prison, was there any friendships? Like, did you befriend anybody? Yeah, I have people that there was actually one person I'm waiting for him to get out. And he went away for life. And he's actually been able to be released. He's been there 30 years and he's actually been able to get himself released and he'll be released next year. And I consider him like a close friend. He would have looked out after me. And I have another friend that just got out recently that I also got him, had him reach out to you. And he's also an engineer. So it's like, it's not friendship. It's a different type of friendship, but there's a bond there. It's kind of like we got through this together. You know, like this is another guy that we, I got made it through with us. So let's go back now to when you were released. Jim was probably looking online. He found our website and he put in a question through the contact us page to me, basically saying, telling me his story and saying, you know, I want to get my career going. I want to be an engineer. You know, I want to build my career. And so I made some recommendations and gave him some contacts, but he ended up getting a job on his own. Take us through that, those next few years now, you went through this prison experience, which was a little bit of a delay since you got out of school. However, you did study for your PE exam. But tell me about what you were thinking leading up to getting a job and then getting a job. Take us through that. I was scared. I mean, I was utterly scared. I felt I had, when I got out, I'd been preparing for this. And then now that the day was here, I felt I didn't have the skills necessary because I've been out of touch for two and a half years. I had no engineering job at all before. And here I have all this stuff against me and I'm an ex-felon now. And now I want an intro engineering job. That's a tall order for a company to take on. And I'd reached out. I was trying to network. One of the things that I've learned is trying to know people. And so I did reach out to you I was reaching out to other friends that might that were in the industry, and I did get contacts, but it just so happened I went on two interviews. The first place said that they understood my situation, but were not going to take me on. And then the second place said they would give me a chance, and they emphasized the word chance. Meaning like, we'll take you on, but if there's anything that goes wrong, that's it. It was really emphasized upon chance, and I spelled everything out for them. They talked to my parole officer. Everything was okay, and I started working, and I would spend nights after that. I told them I would work and ask if I can work on my own free time to get caught up. I said, I'll do whatever I have to to try to get caught up. Yeah, I can imagine the daunting task of, number one, the economy at the time probably wasn't as good as it is now. And secondly, obviously coming out of prison, that's something on your resume that is not something that firms are going to jump at hiring you for, but they gave you a chance. So good for them. And so how'd it go? You jumped in, you started practicing and learning, and is this now you're still with the same firm four years later. Is that right? Yes, I am still with the same firm. There was a lot of failures. I mean, I got a lot of talking to's about being over budget. I've got, um, which is when I started learning about budgeting and time management on projects. And there was a lot of failures. I was not like a shining star by any means when I started. I worked, I learned, and my boss really is like, make sure you're learning from your failures. And so I tried to learn from every failure I had and make the next project better. And it worked. I'm the fastest in the office, and with Stormwater, one of the ones that has the most knowledge. 
That's a very, uh, just an inspirational story. I think a lot of people go through things in their career and life. Who knows? I mean, not saying that they necessarily go through something like you did, because I think that that's really, really difficult times you went through, but people do go through things. And I think Jim's story here shows you that, listen, if you're determined, I mean, you could really accomplish anything. And I think in Jim's case, of course, having that experience that he had in prison when he got out, you were super determined and you were really wanted to get going. And do you feel like now, even today, that every day is kind of like gift? Oh, yes. I look forward to, I mean, they, granted, I, you know, have my down days. It's not like I wake up, yay, you know, and it's like sometimes I have my, my down days. Sometimes things are really stressful work. Sometimes things in my personal life are really tough. But when I think back and reflect back to where I was and then to now where I'm like manager of the stormwater department, I got four engineers underneath of me. I'm happy. I'm elated. I'm trying to get to the next step, but I am elated and blessed that, as far as I have gotten. That's good for you. I didn't realize that you were in that position right now where you're managing. How do you think the experience that you went through in prison has contributed to the success you've been able to have in the last four years? I've learned to be respectful. You try to take in your environment. I really didn't. I was focused on myself before I went away. I was focused on myself, focused on my family. I learned to take in the environment of what's going on around that was in a bad way, but out here you can take it in a good way on what's going on. Learn to read things, learn to read situations, learn to see what's going on. I learned to see what's how my plan checker is feeling so that when the next time I go see the same, same exact plan checker, I'm ready for him. So he's come up. It's like, no, I don't have any comments. You're approved. Go. That's great. It really made you to be aware of your surroundings. Yes. As we start wrapping up here, Jim, what are your goals and aspirations for your career moving forward now? I'm studying. It, well, I just took my exam for the PE, and I'm hoping good thoughts on that. And I want to be a project manager. I'd like to get to being a project manager. And I'm going to actually go back to school. And a lot of people are pushing me to get my PhD. I'm not sure about that, but I definitely would like to get my master's in any case. That's awesome, man. Good for you. You got big goals, big aspirations. You're managing, you're an engineer, you're close to getting your license. I mean, listen, if I told you those things, I'm sure a few years ago, you would have been like, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. You probably were going to determine to make it happen, but you know, it's, these are things that are sometimes easier said than done in certain situations. So, I would have doubted you. If you would have told me that what I was going to have today, I would have wanted it. I would have tried hard for it, but I would have doubted you. All right. So what we're going to do now is Jim's going to stick with me. We're going to come back here in our Take Action Today segment, and we're just going to wrap this one up. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of this show. And you just heard our guest, Jim, give a pretty deep and emotional recap of his time in prison and then getting his engineering career jump started. But in this Take Action Today segment, I asked Jim, just cut and dry, based on everything you went through, what is one piece of advice that you could give to our listeners to help them in their careers and in their lives? And I thought it was a pretty good one. But before we dive into that advice, we do want to keep this show free, and therefore we do have sponsors. And I ask you to please support those sponsors. And I do want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI. Do you want to advance in your career, but not sure where to start? All of us have been there at one point. 
One surefire way to grow in your profession is to get your engineering license. The best place to gather info on licensure and pick from multiple review options is ppi2pass.com. PPI has helped over 4 million engineers, including me, pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. Visit ppi2pass.com to learn how you can start preparing for your exam right away and take one step closer to career advancement. That's PPI, the number two, pass.com. For a little extra encouragement, I have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code TECC8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TECC and the number 8. So I'm back here with Jim who told us his story in this episode, which is one that is very much an up and down story. He was graduated, excited about his career on one hand. Some things happened, ended up in prison at first, potentially 20 years, but thankfully only two and a half years when he ended up going in and looking over his shoulder, really obviously one of the worst situations you could be in for that long period of time, but he studied for his PE. He helped people study. He made it through, made it out. A company took, I guess you could say, took a flyer on him in some sense and panned out for both of them. And he's now managing as a civil engineer, managing a stormwater department, managing four people. He took his PE and he's got lots of, of aspirations. So I invited you on, Jim, because I think I'm glad you reached back out to me after the four years. And to me, it was inspiring to hear your story just over email. And I knew it'd be inspiring for other people to hear it. But Usually in this Take Action Today segment, we just try to leave people with some thoughts or action items or things that they can really take from this episode. And really what I would ask you is, you've been through a lot in the last seven years or since you've graduated. Based on all that experience, if someone came to you and just said, listen, I'm in a rough patch, I want to be very successful as an engineer, what are some advice you can give me? What are some things I need to do or I should do? What would you tell them based on all your experiences to date? I would tell them, learn from your failures. I failed a lot. I've fallen on my face a lot and keep going. Don't ever give up no matter how hard it is. Find something to aspire for. Find something you're good at and keep trying. Do you feel that like since you went through the prison experience, do you feel like things sometimes when bad things happen, problems arise in engineering, something happens with a client. Not that it's not bad, but do you feel like this isn't as bad as maybe other people think because I've been through things that are much worse? Does that happen to you? Yeah, that's, I do think that when people complain about things, I just think silent in my head, like you guys don't even know. Well, listen, like I said, congratulations on your success. You've come a long way, and it wasn't without a lot of hard work, a lot of determination. Studying for your PE exam in jail is not something that you had to do. It was something that you wanted to do because you wanted to be successful as an engineer, and that's probably the reason you're, you are where you are today. So congratulations on keeping your head down and moving forward and being determined. And as much as I'm sure going through prison was awful, which I can't even imagine, it seems like right now, it has given you some things that you've been able to use in your career to be successful, like we talked about, in terms of being aware of your surroundings, in terms of being able to deal with failures and say, listen, if I went through that, I can go through this. And it's my guess 
It's only a guess right now, but I would guess that those things are going to continue to help you and continue to help you to achieve your goals. So Jim, thank you so much for sharing your story with the listeners. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed our first episode of the Engineering Career Coach podcast in 2019. I wanted to kick the year off with this episode specifically because it was a very touching and inspiring episode. At least for me, it was interviewing Jim and hearing about his journey and just imagining. I mean, I can't even imagine being in prison, what that would be like. But to be able to stay focused enough for him to study for his exam, it was just an amazing, I don't know, it was just, I was inspired by it. I was choked up a bit interviewing him. So I'm happy to share with you. And we've got some amazing and exciting things coming down the pipe here in 2019 for you, including an assessment tool that will help you to determine your current potential as an engineering manager and what you could do to improve that potential. In fact, we've done a whole study. We've been surveying engineers across the country. We have data analytics companies involved. And through this podcast, I'll be releasing some of the information and through our social media channels on the results that we found and what has made successful engineering managers over the years. In fact, we found four key drivers. We're also completely revamping our membership model, which you'll hear about also coming up in the next month. And we will relaunch our membership model in a way that will, I hope that will make it really a no-brainer for you to become a member of the Engineering Management Institute because of all of the benefits that you're going to receive from this very inexpensive membership. I've always wanted to be able to help engineers from the beginning of their careers to the end, and that's exactly what we're planning to do with our new membership model. So stay tuned for all this stuff, and the best way to do it is go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, and if you're not on our email list, get on it. Just go to the website. Something will pop up there where you can put your name and email in, and you'll also get a a productivity PDF, top productivity tips for engineers. Once again, I hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions on this episode. Just go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, click on the podcast tab, and you'll find a summary there of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, episode 193. Some of the key points that Jim and I discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And don't forget to check out our upcoming live webinar for this month on goal setting again at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering career endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, and we'll help you engineer your own success.